Welcome guys to episode three of the Four to CQ podcast. We start the episode off with a few moral dilemma questions. We use Bill Cosby, Kobe Bryant, R. Kelly, Michael Jackson as examples. Just to give you a brief insight, would you still play Michael Jackson's songs at your wedding? Would you still play R. Kelly's songs at your wedding? And so we question whether or not the good that they've given to society outweigh the bad. Ryan also shares a few financial epiphanies that he's recently had. We all know how hardworking Ryan is and how much he's accomplished. He sat down, recently crunched some numbers, and found out that he owes a shitload of student debt. And so he is not on top, as on top as he thought he was. We end the episode um, talking about finding his groove um, and what it takes for him to be in the right mindset whenever he's learning something new. Um, and our question to you is, do you have flour tortilla money? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. Episode four will be coming out soon. Enjoy this conversation. We're back for more. People are torturing themselves listening to us, but <laughs> they, came, they came back for more. How are you all doing today? Mm, refreshed. That's mm-hmm. Victor speaking. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's, doing it's actually super sunny out today, so it's re- it's one of the first few good days in Chicago. Yeah, we live in Chicago. Tell them about the bipolar. How was how was your bipolar day yesterday? We had <laughs> in the morning we had snow, an inch and a half of snow, and yeah. then it was in the evening. It in was the evening spring. It was spring, right? All in one day, it, the day transformed, and the snow had completely dried up. It was kind of nuts. It was okay. I was inside for the most part. Oh uh, yeah, the yeah. dogs like it. It's a good change in scenery for oh, them. Your dogs walk at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> They're one of those. Before we got out, we were talking about dogs. I was talking about dog owners. So I don't. I love dogs so much that I know I'd be a shitty dog owner. And so we were talking about dog owners, and I good said, "Good for you." My favorite dogs owners are the people who have badly behaved dogs, and they go and they can only take them out at like eleven thirty p.m. for walks. But but here's the thing: even even this morning, I would go as far as to cross the street instead of crossing paths with another dog. That's how I identified them. Yes, when I go out for walks at night. I will avoid an encounter. Avoid an encounter. That's amazing. What is it, do you think, that it, a person would... I, I mean, that's some love. To love a dog that much and then to still deal with... I guess it's sort of like a child, right? It's like yeah. the bad seed kid. You know, cause the, the easiest example is think about the next time you want to plan a vacation. right? Yeah. I, I used to go once a year. And uh, it's like, well, who's going to take care of my dogs? And because of the way they, oh, no, because of the way they are, because I haven't muzzle trained them, um, I only select um, places will take them. Yeah. And so I'd have to find someone. I'd rather find someone actually to house it. That's nuts. Yeah, I don't know anything about dogs. Shout out to everyone who owns a dog who's really good at dog owners. Canute, when are we going to get a dog? We're not. I've always said we're not going to get a dog because. Just literally because of what you just said. I don't want to be responsible. My life. I don't want to, right. Yeah. I don't want another responsibility. Yeah, they, they come and first. I feel like if I wanted responsibility, I'd just pull the trigger on kids, right? Yeah. Like, so uh, when are we going to have kids? I don't know about that. Awkward. Yeah, it's it's easier than it should be to get a dog. At most places. It's easier to have a kid. What do you mean by that, though, when you say it's easier? I mean, for example, my second one, I walked in for dog food and I walked out with a dog. 
because <laughs> it was National Adopt a Dog Day or Pet Day, and so they waive the adoption fees, and I do a lap yeah. at the pound at a PetSmart, and I find one. Interesting. So, but you know what, though? I think, though, interesting enough, like Knut and I talk about this, that is kind of how you find your passion, I think, in life, right? It's like you never say this is the thing, you identify with it. You'll never know. You just kind of walk into a door, and then you get passionate passionate about it yeah right it's the kind of how i got into like lifting um i wasn't doing well with keeping my grades up so i can run track in college so i was like i just need to stay fit right and i just kind of got into the gym and canute your story's kind of similar with how you started working out yeah i gained weight like that was that and i was like hmm all right we've got to do something about this and then um it also was for me and it's an outlet right somewhere to go um yeah and it was my private area. Like it was right. my thing I did by myself. Right. When I was living at like my parents' house and stuff. But that's the thing. You're and you probably weren't even thinking about, is this my passion? Oh no. No. And I think that is it sounds cheesy. I think that is what passion kinda does. It kinda sneaks up on you, right? Mm. It's like um it's this un it's this undeniable feeling. Passion to, like to me it feels like the most it feels like the truest thing you can feel internally. Right. It's like this thing that yells at you. And it's like um, I was thinking the other day, like with my coaching, my coaching that I do, um, I was just looking back and looking at everything and through the years, how long I've been doing it. um, I haven't enjoyed it really as much as I would say I've enjoyed other things year to year. But it's been something that I've been good at. I've been sustainable. I show up multiple times a week every day and I do this thing. Right. And I'm like, oh, wow, this might actually be my passion like there's Hmm. every time i'm like i have to do this i have to get back to this person i I have to do it so i think passion in some weird way uh in the internet kind of marketed sense passion is always seen as this thing that you wake up every day and you just jump for joy and look towards doing but i i think passion would be something that whoever you are whoever your genetics are whatever the code is written inside of you it's like i have to do this thing or else i will not be set in equilibrium for the rest of the day, evening, week, or, 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 or whatsoever, whatsoever that thing is. So, um, I don't know. I wish I could put a finger on it. You know, words are cheap, I think, to define what passion is, but, um, it's that thing that makes you walk into get dog food and you leave with a fucking whole dog. <laughs> yeah. There's dog. different motivations. Cause like, I, I felt like, um, I felt like my dog was lonely. <laughs> and the dog before you owned the, the dog. The first dog was lonely. Oh, the dog you had already at home. Was like, they could use a companion. Yeah. And then, you know, my Jake's dad was like, you are their friend. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that means I'm a bad friend. Jake's dad is a different breed, though. Your friend Jake. Interesting. All right, Canute, we got to get a dog. No. (laughs) No, I'm, I, I like pets, but it's the same thing. I am not. I don't. I wouldn't love a dog the way you love it. I wouldn't right? give up my vacation, and I wouldn't. Gi- I wouldn't want to give up my vacation. I'm too selfish to have a pet, um, and I feel I used to right when I was a kid, but now only cats and stuff and other weird pets. But like, yeah, I just feel like it would be I, unfair to them. I think it's easier to travel with kids than with dogs. I think so. Have you ever right? traveled with a kid? <laughs> uh, no, I mean I was the kid, you there know. You, but like, there you go. I think you also have more tolerance because it's your kid, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know if you saw that. Maybe uh, it's just the kids in my family. You've traveled with the kids of my family. Yeah. They're, uh, they need, it almost seems like they need so much more, a child or a dog, out of routine. 
Mm. You know, it's like once once a child or a dog or a pet gets out of routine, it's like this crazy lashing out behavior they do, and the and they're children, obviously. Yeah. So the demands of what they ask for is like, I, I want I want ice cream, and it's like what? Right? It's like they want just something to satisfy. Uh, I don't know to communicate that I don't feel comfortable with what's going on. I'm tired. My feet hurt, and they come up with these insane excuses. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I have endless children in my family, dude. And <sighs> yeah. have you have you seen the new uh, Tom Segura? Uh, special on Netflix. The Hold My Balls or something like that? Yeah. Or, yeah. It's, oh, wow. So funny. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. basically Ball starts hawk. out, yeah, he basically starts out by saying, like, he's got a, he, he has kids now. And he's like, yeah, I love my dog. But people who say... <laughs> they are not the same. Yeah, they're not, they're not your kids. Dogs aren't your kids. And he's like, I know that because if my dog ever hurt my kid, I'd instantly drown him. I'd drown, like, him. <laughs> I'd drown him. Um, so he's like, yeah, I love my dog, but no, it's not the same. <laughs> not even close. No. Yeah. What has been on my mind this week? Your mind this week? Oh, I know what's been on my mind this week. Yeah. Victor, what's been on your mind this week, man? Um, Just new skills. That's, that's all. Little, just that's trying nice. to stay ready for, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm putting out fires like a lot of the world is right now. Yeah. Uh, I just feel lucky to be healthy. Um, I'm not on the front lines. Like, I'm, like a lot of the first responders or the emergency room um, healthcare providers. Right. I'm not scrounging for, I don't have a, like a legit business that I have to put out fires for. So I, yeah. I'm just like, we're teaching online these days. I'm an educator, you know, and yeah. I'm just getting ready for when we do come back. But, you know, in my personal life, like for the, the podcast stuff, it's like, what can I do now to where I can come back like 110% when we can when go back out in public? Back That's that it, point, yeah. you know? So I have that privilege of doing that. Yeah, I think putting out fires is a good word for it, right? Because... When you put out a fire, you put it out, and then you spend more time making sure that there's no smolder or remaining fire mm. to put out. And I feel like I'm I'm sort of in that phase right now um, of just kind of patching up, trying to keep people's spirits high, especially in a consulting business. Um, it's been, I wouldn't call it an emotional drain because I'm, I see what's going on uh, with people who are, for instance, the, the building that we're in right now. Um, the space I occupy is minor. Um, who knows what this room is? Maybe 250 square feet that we're in. Um, and there's a business that was 7,000 square feet on this floor that just went out of business, right? And I just came back from the bathroom right now and I saw them liquidating just all these people taking office chairs and stuff like that. And it breaks, and it breaks my heart, right? The business that they were doing couldn't sustain, it couldn't sustain even a month, right? into not mm-hmm. being able to to market and call and, and do all those things so um yeah i feel like i did a really good job putting my fires out but i'm a small company it's just me i can stay up till four in the morning and i can do all the things and manage um and then my job is online as opposed to people who don't have the luxury like you and i have right like when you went to the hospital last night you can still go to the hospital you can still do things online as an educator um like canoe for instance right even when this is over yeah i would say that's probably been on my mind the most is that even when like things are people have more freedom to open up businesses and open up shop again how many people are actually going to be comfortable going to those businesses Mm. right like for me it's like how many people are actually going to be comfortable going to a gym again 
um, for a while, lengthy amount of time, like at restaurants, bars, I, I'm thinking the same thing. So it's like, it is, it's a scary thought, right? Cause this isn't just like a regular, it's not like, it doesn't feel like a regular recession. It just feels yeah. like your hands are tied and you're just like waiting and hoping for the best. So how do yeah. you, how do you manage? And I feel like this is where I'm struggling with my own personal stuff, right? It's my responsibility to manage my own personal faults with this whole phase. And then I think also that runs concurrently with my pain for the world, so yeah. to speak, right? Because like you think about your problems and you maybe yeah. spend 48 hours on it and then you're just like, how many dead, Yeah, right? And you see the numbers and you see it seemingly not stopping worldwide. Um, and then you go into this weird, I don't know. You, kinda, you stay in your lane and like, what's your expertise? Like even... I saw a post from a physician um, who is home for this time to be with family, but he actually works in Minnesota and he wanted to volunteer like McCormick place was setting up shop to be an alternative hospital. I don't think it's not, it's not in use right now. Um, But he's like, sometimes the best thing you can do is, is nothing and continue practicing the social distancing. um, So you don't, so he doesn't take that back to Minnesota where it's like a smaller town and, you know, so he doesn't infect others. So, you know, and just like we talked about people trying to rationalize conspiracy theorists and things like that. And like they need reason and someone to blame and, and whatnot. Whereas like you're, if you're not the expert on this matter, like just stay in your Shut lane. Shut up. Let, let the, yeah. What's, I, I, sorry. Think that's, I think that's the thing too. Like people feel like their minor world, their personal world is so affected that they're like, how mm-hmm. dare something affect my personal world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where can I go? And I, I have to say, like, we feel the same thing in the sense of like, oh my God, my business, my work, my, I want to go outside. I miss this. But I feel like for you and I, we were like, yes, but something bigger so much bigger than I, and so much right. bigger than my business is happening. And we right. need to acknowledge that. So, so I think that, I think that's what I find interesting about all of this, right? Is that like, I'm in a position you're in a position, as Victor just said, we're in a position where, and most people that work with me have disposable income to hire an online coach, yeah. right? Realistically, mm-hmm. we're all in a position to say, here are my problems. If I had to rate them on one to 10, I'd say that my problem relative to the people who are really suffering from this, 2.7. Man, yeah, really. 2.7 yeah. probably is, is where I rank, right? But 2.7, I've done a very, I've been very responsible and I've done a really good job at mitigating it to stay 2.7, right? So when the earthquake yeah. hit, I made sure that I had my life set up. Dude, I got a fucking Volkswagen. Me and Knut are stuffed in a one-bedroom, you know what I mean? Like in a building. Like we could be out here stretching ourselves and living those, right? And, but we don't, right? So it's like this day came, and fortunately I was prepared for it. So in, in a way, like I do have the Republican side of me that it was like, well, you know, take care of what you can and do, do everything to be in control. But at the same time, there's a Democrat part of me that's like, there are people who are in the hole who are trapped and they are just suffering major yeah. from this, right? People who are statistically living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and I feel for them and I feel for them greatly during this whole situation. But at the same time, um, it would be ignorant of me to still not try to mourn my lowly 2.7 because it's still there. It's still effective. Yeah. Yeah. It's still effectively there, you know. Yeah. But I wonder what people have been doing with their twelve hundred dollars stimulus check. Oh. 
I feel like um, a lot of people are actually going to restaurants and I, I don't know, people with better hearts than me. I'm like, uh, $1,200, let me just hold on to it tight. But people are helping out small businesses. I saw some someone posted like some charities that they could donate to if they are yeah. in a position mm-hmm. where they can. Um, some people are probably just walling out. So there's that. I, I was talking to some one of my clients today and she was like, uh, I was asking her, you know, how's work? She's a lawyer. Her husband's a doctor. Um, so both of them are okay. She can do her work from home. And I asked her if her firm was downsizing yet or like having any furloughs. And she said, no, actually, there's more work than ever. Like, where's for what kind of lawyer is she? Uh, she's actually a patent lawyer, mm. but her firm like copyright patent. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. she does that division within yeah. her firm. Yeah. And she was saying her firm actually hired somebody else to her group. And I'm like, wow, that's wild to hear a story of someone in a place right now where they're actually hiring somebody else. Cause that's not the, that's not the conversations I've been having, but she was like, you know, I'm interested to see like how after this, the gap between uh, classes is going to get so much bigger. And I'm like, you're right. Cause the people that were just swimming, just on the surface before this happened are just, they're drowning. It's, it's, an, they're op- drowning. it's an economic opportunity for, yeah. and that's been the story of America. It seems it's an economic opportunity that, uh, in the d- economic downturn, those who can thrive out of it quickly, if you can thrive out of this quickly within the next year, that will extrapolate who knows how many times over in the, in the next 10 years and create a new type of generational wealth for whoever yeah. can, whatever sector or market. When I mean generational wealth, I mean tech has generational wealth. You mm. know what I mean? Like not an individual. Um, and so I, I feel kind of really, I don't want to say torn, but... I'm doing okay. I'm not I'm not busting through the roof breaking sales records, but at the same time, I know that whenever this blows over, um I will be able to I'll be warmed up, I'll be stretched and I can sprint, mm. right? When this is over. Yeah. But I, I keep thinking about all these people in these industries like this guy who's on this floor and lost 7,000 square feet of space and a business and supplies. And all of his employees are now all of his employees are now out out of business. Like what what becomes of him? So I think it kind of challenged me to challenges me in a way to maybe be a better person. Like Knut says, some people are spending that check on small businesses and supporting them. But at the same time, it's a real dichotomy. Do I support winners? Right. No one has got more rich in this period than Jeff Bezos. And I think he's deserved it. He has spent his life and got a divorce and went through the whole shit and has given his life to build Amazon. So does he deserve to get way rich in this first quarter and everyone else is suffering or not, right? So it's like, give your money to the winners, right? Yeah, that's, but, that's, I mean, but then you have the Bill Gates that are actually funding vaccine research and things oh, like that. Oh, you mean that. those vaccines where they're trying to kill us? <laughs> 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 what did you read this morning? Oh, my I can't gosh. even... Oh, man, I can't even. It was an Instagram story of someone I know locally. Uh, and when I say I know, I mean she's just in the fitness and community, I guess. Like, she's an instructor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, oh, gosh. It was, it, I, what do you call that? those graphics now? Because they're not memes. They're not memes, They're supposed yeah. I- information, but they're not information. Memes, fake news. Fake you know news. what I mean? Yeah. It's like meme-ish infographic visuals. And I saw her share it, and it was about Bill Gates and how he Selective statistics. God, I should just pull it up and look at it, huh? Um, yeah, it was like how he... God, it was actually ridiculous. The, I think the the graphic said something along the lines of, oh, now Bill Gates is pushing his vaccine... It's an opportunity for Bill Gates to push his vaccine, and then he can trace us through his vaccines or something 
absurd like that. But the, the part that I thought was honestly the most absurd, because there's stuff like that on the internet all the time, was right. her addition to it, right? It's an Instagram story. So her little caption to it was, it's time we better all see, wake up and see what's happening. And I'm like, what? What do you, what do you think that is, right? Because even in my own little world of fitness, and maybe you see it too as well, there's always someone who wants to be the, the rebel, the outsider to, to the status quo, there's right. an appeal to woke culture. And I think to, there's. I to think feel so like you're above the norm. So above, yeah. you know. I think it, uh, and I think uh, sort of a division now, subdivision of woke woke culture, is now the rebel without a cause culture. Right. Yeah. It's people who it's like the anti vax anti vax culture. Um, whereas you could probably probably I'm not sure. Right. I don't I don't know the science. Maybe there's some. Maybe there really is something to. Maybe there's some detriment to vaccinations, but at there's the always going to be a risk. There's always going to be a risk. I've gotten sick from a flu shot. Absolutely, but I right? understand why. So that's the thing, right? It's these people who are uh, completely against everything, right? There, I've seen people who are anti-media, um, people who are you know anti-Bill Gates helping. I was looking at yeah. a list when I was reading about uh, President Trump, who he cut funding from uh who who yeah i was looking at the list of who actually donates money and who actually keeps up with it and usa was obviously number number one by a long shot um and then you know great britain was third and blah blah, blah. and number two was the bill gates and melinda gates wow. that's crazy right that's and crazy. i was like they're pulling their weight more than that, any, that great yeah. britain. netflix documentary is awesome too the bill gates i love that yeah, inside so the mind good. of bill gates yeah. i love cool. that documentary. his walks in the woods oh man and it's like and here's the thing though right you we remember when maybe some of us do bill, bill gates got into legal trouble with the united states government over microsoft right like there was a phase in his life where microsoft got so big and they feared he was going to yeah. get a monopoly over tech and then yeah. they they forced him to break up the company and he and it was like Sun or Microsoft. I don't remember how he broke it up. But anyways, they broke it up because he got too big. The old Microsoft mantra used to be uh, extend, embrace, extinguish. That used to be Jeez. their mantra, right? Oh. So find a young piece of technology, extend an arm, embrace him, take him out, buy it, absorb it. And Apple has done that, right? With yeah. Siri and FaceTime. Like we've seen all these technologies elsewhere. Um, Google's, so I, yeah, Google's been doing that. Yeah, right. So when I look at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I see I see a, a a guy who was a young guy trying to atone for a lot of the business ills that he maybe did at one point in his life. But it's like when you fuck up once, right? Even if you fuck up at fourteen years old, you have that stigma of like if you snuck out the house once at fourteen years old and now you're thirty five. To fucking tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. You're always known as the girl who s- <laughs> snuck out and went to a basement juke no, party. No, no. <laughs> Damn. I love it. No, that's not me. Oh. Uh, but I, lo- but- I love that it was a juke party. You had to throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a juke party. A side note. I got caught sneaking out of my house finally after sneaking out for years and years since I was like 16. I got caught sneaking out for my own 22nd birthday party. Oh, <laughs> sneaking Jesus. in. Sneaking in. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was worth it though, right? Sneaking in uh, for your how old? 22. I was 22. I was 22. What kind of home do you come from? Oh, that's a different podcast. (laughs) That's a different podcast. And a different qualified professional to cover that. What? 
So with to, to piggyback off that, what about the Tiger Woods and the Kobe Bryant's where we where people like just kind of dismiss their downfalls? I have been saying to Canute because I'm with her all the time. I've been saying, man, I really miss R. Kelly's music, right? <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> but I keep saying this because I know R. Kelly has not had enough greatness in my life to outdo his ills, right? The mm. the say what I when I hear people talk about Jeff Bezos when they say he doesn't pay taxes and all this stuff, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. He's done better in my life then cheat the post office or not pay taxes. I'm all for it. So I will let him forgive. I will forgive him because he's done. He's outweighed the good to society, right? So I feel like when you look at Tiger Woods or Kobe, they've done more to me, right? And it's like it's like the, it's a classical philosophical dilemma, right? Do you, with the train, with the train handle. Remember that episode? We saw that on, uh, what's that one show? Um, uh, I forgot the good name. Good Place. Of, good Place, right? It's like if you're a train conductor, and the train's about to split and you have to switch which side. Do you kill one person or do you and like the train's on track to go kill ten people or do you switch it to kill? Oh one yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for the greater good, right? So yeah. from like an altruistic standpoint, is it okay? And I feel like the consensus of society, obviously with Kobe passing, we said, No, we understand his blemish, but he's done more for me good than he's done ill. And I think with R. Kelly, I think Oh God. Right. Like, I think if R. Kelly would have done what he did to consenting adults, and that was the only part of the story with the weird house in slave stuff, I think we all would have been like, okay, but is the remix to like, Nipsey and Pocket right? <laughs> I think we would have been like, okay. Right? Dude, I want to, at my wedding, I'm so heartbroken that I can't play R. Kelly. Would you play Michael Jackson? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think the thing that differentiates me about Michael Jackson is that he went through the American court system twice. And we know that shit is weird. (laughs) We know something's up. But the law says didn't look like it when the evidence pointed to it. So I say, all right, with hesitation, you got to be starting something. Right, I will. It would be an ask. It would be an asterisk. I remember when I went to when I was in D.C. last year, in the fall, and I went to the African American History Museum, the Smithsonian that they have, and like at the very top floor, like it's amazing, right? You start at the bottom floor, and it starts with like the Atlantic slave trade, and then you go up, and then it gets to like uh, slave trading within the U.S., and it just keeps progressing about the story and history of. Um, basically the slave trade in America. To, and then, I've never been there. No. It's amazing. Damn. And then by the time you get to the... It's, it, well, it's Smithsonian curated, so it, then it's a museum that knows what it's doing in yeah. D.C. Yeah. By the time you get to the sixth floor, the idea of oppression and the bad stuff is out. It's just all of our jams, right? And then it's like LeBron and all this shit on the top floor. And then there's a bunch of Bill Cosby stuff up there. And then everything that has Bill Cosby has an asterisk next to his oh. name. And then at the bottom it says, by the way, Bill Cosby got accused of this blah 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 so it's like we'll keep you in our history because you did change history but you did you harmed i don't know who was a hundred i don't know how much it was grown adult women i think if you would have said did bill cosby do that to children that's i think i think that is when we have to erase you from history right when you harm 
children. I think there's two things too, especially I think, women of a young girl, yeah. a girl. I, I think um, and minorities and like struggling kids. I think the fact that also there was so much evidence piled in that uh, documentary where For you're like R. Kelly. Yeah, you're like this can't get any worse. There's no way. And then next episode, and you're like, holy shit, this is fucked up. Yeah. And then I think the fact that, and this was so smart on the documentaries then, he's always been so cocky with it. Like the he's documentary a, started right, with yeah. him going off on Facebook Live. Who can top that shit? Who can top that shit? <laughs> <laughs> he started off by saying, oh, they're never going to, they're always trying to get me this and that and blah, blah. You're never going to catch me. Low key, that's where Jay-Z is kind of an interesting, because uh, we all love Jay, me and Ryan love Jay-Z. We love Jay-Z. But that song was with R. Kelly too, right? What was it? Um, not Guilty? Jay Kelly, not, not guilty. guilty. Oh, they were God, bragging about Jay, it. They wrote a song what are you about doing? it. But right. yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, but they were not guilty for very different reasons. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. If you if you're not guilty for shooting a gun in a club, I don't yeah. know what it was. I thought that was no. I thought I think that you're mixing Puff it up. Daddy. That, that was Puff Daddy. <laughs> Didn't matter. That was Puff Daddy. But Jigga wasn't guilty of God, what a, a fourteen year old, you know, on yeah. videotape, right? So yeah. that's. Two, yeah. two different things to be braggadocious about not being guilty for. So, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, what, did you see the documentary about MJ? Is it out? No, it was, you're, he's, yeah, you've, I think you've seen it. Remember, on H, or you was it HBO? It. I think it, no, I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. Yet. I haven't seen it. I've just heard that he has a fascination with buttholes. So, <sighs> my so does him and adult so. pediatric buttholes. Oh, Michael Jackson, Minors. Michael Jordan. Michael, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Oh, I saw the Michael Jackson documentary. Oh. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Michael Jordan. No, I was noth- like, nothing against Jordan. I was ready no. to reevaluate my life. I'm excited yeah. for that documentary. Yeah, that documentary oh, okay. comes out tomorrow, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw it. I saw the whole thing. Um, and you hear it, and you're like, and you're hurt. And here's, and I, I probably shouldn't even say this. And you hear it, and you discuss it, and you're hurt. And you're like, that should never <laughs> have been. But I think the thing that changes to with me to not justify it it's it's again it's going back to the weight right of what i value as someone i I understand there were people hurt right so it's for instance let me give an example i've hurt people right people listening to this podcast i've hurt people terribly in my life right i've had bad young relationships when i was 17 19 right i've hurt people i've had friends who i've hurt do you not listen to my podcast anymore because I've done a person dirty, right? Or it's like, no, you don't. You forgive me. And you're like, people make mistakes and you move on. But I think when you start incorporating children, when you start incorporating people like R. Kelly who were children and in a bad situ- financial situation, right? And it's like, at what point do you have to say, I define you more so as a bad person, right? It's like the, It's like we all as people, even in Germany, we all agree Hitler is a bad person. Hitler created the interstate system. He created the modern economic system. He created the jet engine, right? Hitler created the, like the Volkswagen, Paul Car of the people. He created a lot of things that we use today that were great. But what he did, we will never, ever let yeah. the good outweigh his evil, right? So I think that's kind of like society has to determine, has this person done more good for us than done more evil for us? So with Michael Jackson... He did some, right? Supposedly. I think that's the other thing too, right? A lot of yeah. people either don't believe it. It's not so clear. Or cut. it's not so clear, right? Like there isn't yeah. a video out. 
of him. No, right? yeah, there's, like, there are people that watch the documentary and still don't believe it. I, I know people like that. I haven't seen it. I, I want to watch it. Um, yeah, I know um, people like that. They're like, ah, I just don't buy it. And and then I think the other thing, too, that is tricky with that documentary is like, where were the parents? That whole thing, that whole right, argument, right. which how, doesn't how make it, like, well, which it, doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Which doesn't make it okay. But yeah, no, right? <laughs> like, so I, I don't know. They right? can sleep in my bed. It's weird. <laughs> but at the same time, I lived in L.A. for a few years. Uh, I was born in L.A., so like I have good memories of, of Southern California. L.A. has always been a very odd place, right, to me. It's always been socially different than any other place on planet Earth, I'd say, in my opinion. But I've also never, I'd never had a, you know, like, he had dancing machine at seven years old, right? I've never been a yeah. world-famous star and moved to L.A. at seven years old and was socialized the way he was. I'm not justifying for this guy at all, but, um, and then he was a Jehovah's Witness, grew up, right? And then surgery, like, there's so many variables that you feel for this person, Michael Jackson, right? Everyone can listen to ABC and his old stuff, and everyone's heart is like, God, what happened to that sweet yeah. boy with think, an afro? And I think we all know and acknowledge even if he even if none of that information came out we know that we're like oh this guy's a little quirky He's and it's like weird. if we look from the outside it's like what happened to the and the fact that we've seen him since he was a child it's like what happened to this child that caused so much trauma mm. to him you know what i mean like it's it's so clear that it's like something has happened we don't mm. know the full story and then on top of it it's like is he getting um yeah. blackmail I, I don't i don't we don't know right so i i don't know but i think the fact that he also made great hits versus r kelly i mean yeah i mean, you know I mean? michael jackson has perfect albums back to back r kelly made locked in the closet right <laughs> 13 episodes or something like that like i, I don't yeah. know i'm not that i'm not that grateful for r kelly's yeah that's, that's just the truth right like there are people who invented the light bulb and edison was we know we know the tesla story and right, we know but edison did far greater good that we're willing to say oh, i'm okay on this blemish we'll hmm. just stick with com commonwealth edison right so i think that's a great part about society you know even within fitness everyone knows who arnold schwarzenegger is yeah. we are all aware about yeah, exactly. this child with the housekeeper and yeah. all these right and inf- like if i if any one person male or female male to male female to female had a child with someone who was a live-in houseworker nanny, yeah. nanny right that would be Right, if you had had a cousin who that, we would all see that person as a bad person. Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, our 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 muscle lord and savior. But the fact that he has done more to transform the thing I love, he has done more to promote it every year, and he's a he's a good guy in terms of uh, you know he canceled Arnold and all that. Like I, for society, say I don't know this guy, and I have to remember that I don't know this guy. But mm. I respect his work that he's done for the public. And I don't know much about his personal life, and I'm just gonna, you know. If you were in their shoes, in Arnold's shoes at that time, like, how do you, th- what, what do you, th- to put out a fire at that, like, that kind of fire? I like that Arnold Schwarzenegger literally is putting out fires probably literally. right now. <laughs> He's just constantly putting out fires. <laughs> Last I saw, he was feeding his, like, donkeys, donkeys. carrots. <laughs> that? He just has living donkeys. He's living donkeys. All-American <laughs> life, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I he's mean, still a foreigner. He does foreign he stuff. Still he still is. Still does still foreign stuff. He's still an Austrian guy. Yeah. 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 He's still an Austrian guy. I have a few Austrian clients. Um, they all 
sound like Arnold. Wow. It's pretty mind-blowing. It's surreal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and they're not trying to. No, They yeah. just, they're very, it's the Austrian way they are. They're very warm and open and charismatic and from at least at least what i've seen and they're good people for the most part but you know if i were arnold and i had to kind of put out those fires um i can't speak on that right i don't i don't know i think everyone knows so much right everyone knows what the press should do with with, uh the statistics and covid but i don't know so respectfully i would if i were him i would say how what is my problem Right, I would try to look at objectively how I've been hurting people. How's my behavior good? And then I think I would also be honest and say my behaviors that aren't good. Um, what am I willing to keep? So, for instance, one of my own behaviors that is not good, and I gave up for a long time, and I recently made a return. I stopped for like two and a half years saying like "fuck you" to people, and it was a bad habit. And I brought it back in. I like it, right? I'm not gonna to get the face, face whatever. Oh. It doesn't matter. Get the fuck like get the fuck out of here, right? It's like it's a it's a New Yorker thing. It's like get the fuck right. It's like that trait has done me very well in my life, but it's also caused me a lot of damage if I overuse it. So I think for someone like Arnold or anyone with a, with a trait that has detriment, I think they need to manage how much to keep it. And I and I and I kind of say it from like our Darwinian sense, right? Like Charles Darwin talked about survival of the fittest. He didn't talk about survival of the fittest as survival of the good or survival of the best. The truth is to survive in this world, you need to have an advantage. And many times an advantage is I just have the ability to run really fast and put my teeth on your neck. I just can run really, I'm I'm a measles. I was looking at the statistics today. Um, The goal is to get the infection rate, which from COVID-19, the infection rate was, uh, one to 1.4 people. That's why it's been so infectious. And the goal is to get it down from that to 0.3. Measles, on the other hand, has an infection rate of 13 people per case, right? It's It runs rampant. So for me, I look at that, and I'm just like, all right, well, my, I guess, I guess, I guess if you, if you look at that, it's like, how do I mitigate the damage down of my bad, as opposed to letting it run completely out of control, right? So it's like, when I say, fuck you, the situation that I kind of told you about in here, right? With the whole thing and mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, I've been stressing about it. I've been thinking about it. I've been, for people listening, I have this basically the situation in the building, in the studio that we're in here um, where I need to shift and move and change. And I've been getting jerked around on expanding the space and stuff like that. Um, and it stressed me for two weeks and I've lost time on it. And my conclusion is, fuck you, get the fuck out of my face. I'm getting on with my life, right? And to survive from a Darwinian perspective, sometimes the lion just needs to roar and say, fuck you, which I think people overuse and overabuse, and I think I overuse and overabuse in my life. So based off Arnold, maybe it's good that he's charismatic and people like him, but maybe not be too charismatic to your housekeeper. I don't know. So It's up to him to find and navigate, but I think he's going to have a very successful fourth quarter of his life yeah, yeah. and he's a, he's he's people love him so i think he's more done more good than bad you know? i think he's also not cared he doesn't he doesn't care if Which people don't particularly do you think dislike him would it, I, would I it backfire if you were to try to directly appease your audience my audience the public the public after your wrongdoing like if you were i feel like sometimes when it's too fast people are like mm, yeah. now you're it's just in a, it inauthentic at that point i think people want in a in an apology I think people want a certain amount of groveling and pain. 
I think when people see you apologize, um, they do want to see you hurt. They want to see you cry hysterical and be broken. That's because it's like, I see the hurt I've done and I'm really, really sorry. Right. As opposed to like, you see this stuff on court TV, dudes stand up like, yeah, your honor, you know what I'm saying? I, I know. And they're reading a fucking piece of paper and it's like, you're not sorry. Take your ass in jail, nigga. 15 years. Right. It's like, you're not sorry. You haven't learned your lesson yet. Right. And I think that's the thing. I think when people see apologies, they want them to be genuine. And yeah. I think that's kind of where Tiger Woods, if we're getting back to that, went wrong. I don't know if he was really sorry. Right. I don't really know. I think was, sometimes the apology is just so quick when things start falling apart for it's them. It's a PR people, apology. People are like, we don't believe it. We're, the only reason you're apologizing is because things have gone very badly for you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll never forget the Paula Deen apology. I remember her yep. like PR team eventually. For was what? Like, ra- racist remarks? Or? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. She just was like very she was very apologetic to the camera but i think people were like can you just don't say anything else like please <laughs> the stop. best thing you can do is just stop that's the now. same thing that happened with the kramer apology i don't remember i don't remember his apology but i remember it was so bad i remember the video oh man it was wait bad. wait wait the, the kramer, money guy seinfeld. or kramer oh, from seinfeld guy. What, did he, what did he do so he was doing stand-up he was doing a bit yeah what? he was doing a bit and someone in the audience heckled him and he just went off. He was he, a black guy. Yeah, and he was like, F you, N-word. He's like, this is why your N-word. people... He's an N-word. No! He's like, he's an N-word. He's an N-word. He, I think he said something along the line of, this is when you used... That's why you used to be lynched and hungry. And it was like... Everybody was like, oh. No. There's yeah. no... And that's the thing. There's really no coming back from that, right? And you like, know... You just... <laughs> I feel like you just should be quiet uh, now absolutely. for the remainder of your life and just... Which he is. Be I, happy. I, I, he had to you be. You can't. You're done. You can't. You're run. You can't That's come back from that, right? I, I think I forgot, but I saw I saw when Jerry Seinfeld went on. It was either yeah. Leno or Conan. I forgot. It was one of the uh, one of the Letterman, one of the, the late night shows at the time. And he Jerry Seinfeld donated his time to have a screen video of um, I don't know the real guy's name come in and say. Here's his public apology on my time. I'm giving my time. Here. Uh, We've I was going to ask. Is that what, so? I didn't right. know. I was going to ask, what do your associates do? You know, people that you've been associated with, like, do you still continue to associate with them? Like, it, I guess it depends on how bad it was. Yeah. What comes to mind is that episode of, like, Master of None. Uh, if you, if you guys need to, I've, yeah, I've seen all Where, like, as, like, Aziz partners with a chef. They work on a show together. Oh, and then the, the chef is accused of sexually harassing someone on set and after this public accusation came out aziz was like I, i'm not i don't know you like that you know and the show is this titled before the show is titled like bffs like travel like food with bffs or whatever and like people, this is the show yeah. this is the episode was this right? the episode before this, it actually happened before to him? it actually happened to him oh, no. this is the, oh yeah, actually, yeah 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 no, this had no. this is before it happened to aziz yeah no, so no. it was actually a woke episode on aziz's oh, behalf so interesting yeah and then that happened and it's like oh but then he talked about it in his stand-up. I have to say, I think Aziz handled that whole situation very well, and that whole situation was very polarizing too. My I heart think, hurts for Aziz. Yeah, I do too. Uh, mine too. I wish I, I remember. I was on so many edibles when I saw the show. <laughs> I don't remember the show. Maybe what maybe, day? Would you see him in Chicago? Oh, no, yeah, you didn't see it was him Chicago. live. In yeah, Chicago. It was Chicago yeah. Yeah. You saw him in person? Yeah, but I passed out. You can ask Jake about it. I passed. Were out. we there? Oh. Or did we watch it on TV? I was there. It, oh, it was oh, on Netflix. We were th- it did when, come on Netflix. I went. <laughs> You were there. You were there we too. We were there. We were there with uh, oh shit, a group of people. Oh yeah, we went. <laughs> That's right. We sure did go. I like that. That night has just become a blur. Oh my to god, us. Yeah. blur for and you too, huh? 
Uh, not the same blur. Oh, okay. Not the same, the same blur. blur. I wasn't blasted. I was, yeah. But Tim and Eric, though, dude, yeah. that was a yeah. night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we saw, we went and saw yeah. him in Chicago Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, I went with, I just moved back home, um, and I went with a group of friends in, I don't know, it just didn't feel like my preamble to going into a comedy show, right? And so, like, I went into the show feeling like a stiff right and so i don't know i, f- I kind of feel bad for aziz that i wasn't loose because I, I love I why love wait why aziz. weren't you why weren't you loose the friends that i went with were like um like dude like so you and i our relationship is very laissez-faire you came in here probably i don't know four hours ago and i was like you hungry i was like well go eat what are you doing yeah, yeah. right and it's a very i don't know man come on i've always been that way when it comes to creating the best thing right and for me fun is the one thing that you need to be the loosest with when it comes to rules and when people are like i want to go to this place and i want to go to here at 7 30 i want to eat this then i want to leave by blah 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 and then go to a comedy fun. show yeah. there's no itinerary before you go to no. right no. you walk in late you missed open i don't know whatever yeah. yeah right and so i just moved back home yeah right and i hadn't seen these friends in a while and i was just like all right, right, kind of. But you and I had a great night that night. You, you the, had yeah. you. Oh, we had a great day. We had a great day. Oh. The we had nice a great day. day. We actually stayed at a hotel. Yeah, yeah he wasn't living in Chicago yet. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I wasn't home yet. That's yeah, right. You weren't home yeah. yet. We had we had a great week. Oh, yeah. that was a good week. That day we <laughs> we stayed downtown and then um we got Jarrett's popcorn. Garrett's? Garrett's. 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 Wow. Garrett's. Wow. You. Wow. <laughs> You're your Pakistani mom now. <laughs> Jarrett's. <laughs> the world knows Garrett's popcorn. Not Chicago. Not Chicago. We, we had like, a, who? We had people, Giordano's popcorn, something like that. I don't know. That's my yeah. favorite thing about people who come visit here. They're like, oh, we saw the bean and we ate popcorn. I'm like, what? What's that? <laughs> I just feel like if you're really from here, you don't have to go above and beyond to prove how Chicago and you are. That's how it and is. And you, you take should things mispronounce for uh, very obvious things. But yeah, we had a good yeah. day. And then the next day, we went to Italy. Or as some Italy's people call my it, Italy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to Aziz, it was actually super sad. So what he's talking about is this, there's this one episode. I think I, I don't know if we're talking about the exact same episode or maybe a different one. But you remember he, he like, was on the Raven show. Mm, that part where where the news came out while they came on the Raven show. Oh, yeah. yeah and then yeah. Raven calls him out. Yeah, and, and then so he walks like, off. The, like the is it the chef? Is it a chef or is it a director that he's, he's working a, he's, with? And it's then, the chef. He's the chef, but like I see, they're they're BFFs on the show. Yeah, yeah, and so he gives Aziz a, a great opportunity for work and this and that, and then it's kind of like the it, 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 you all these accusations start coming yeah. out about the guy. It, it, it's kind of like this relationship where like the chef is well known. Yeah, he, yeah. Aziz was the host on. of a cupcake show, yeah, and, he's, cupcake and Aziz wars. was like, you know what would <laughs> be great like if you and I were to go to different restaurants and just like rate these food the food from the restaurants and then let's say you sexually harass someone and become publicly publicly accused of it and then i'm like wait 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 wait, wait. i don't know ryan like that we're not bffs yeah that's right and then this happened after and then aziz's thing happened after the real life aziz thing yeah so yeah that i that i want to say that one was super polarizing for a lot of people because it wasn't so black and white and it wasn't like uh, so a lot of women, yeah. I have to say, actually stood up for it. probably me too, um, where it was kind of like, whoa, we're starting to blur weird lines now where mm. it's like s- something that just was uncomfortable and or just putting someone in kind of in a like, rapey category. Like it was it was a hard it's it was hard. 
Um, so yeah, and I was I literally just told Ryan the other day, I was like, man, you know the saddest thing about that is Aziz literally the stand-up he put out, like he was at his peak. He was at I his know. peak when oh, that happened. Man, and like he did that stand-up in Madison Square Garden and he oh, brought his, parents, his out, parents out. And it's like, man, you proved to your brown Muslim parents that look, I made it as a comedian. I'm a, I'm an American. Look at yeah. everything we've Which done. is an uphill you're battle. So, you're so proud of me. Yeah, he had his parents on the TV show and then that right. happened and it's like, because oh. Because, and that's the thing, right? In like foreigner culture, it's one thing to... Because our parents, first-generation Americans, we come to this country and our parents have an idea of what they think success in America is. But when we reveal to them, like, hey, I'm not going the classic route, doctor, lawyer, engineer, whatever, you, my mom, plumber, right, whatever, she, whatever they think <laughs> is a good job, I'm doing this other thing. And I think it's very hard to say, hey, I'm doing this other thing. Then there's a waiting period of, God knows, five years, six years, just say, 10 years to say, hey, mom, look, I did the other thing. And it worked, right? For the for the foreigner, I think that's a very hard sell for for a foreign parent. I think Aziz finally got to that point. Yeah. And then on top of that, to Muslim parents, right? So yeah. double long, double work. A foreign Muslim parent, totally out of the Christian morality and culture that we have here, right. totally out of the American way. Not a doctor. Like his dad's a doctor. And finally yeah. brought him on stage and said, "Look what I have achieved." And they, they were finally like, "I'm so proud of you." And then, Oof. boom. Yeah, Ooh. that article and came out. And then the worst thing for a brown parent. The worst How thing. embarrassing, right? Yeah. Like something yeah. like that. So I feel for him. Anyways. But we'll never know how his parents reacted. You know, we're kind of assuming. Oh, that's, we know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I know. but I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I think there's, I, know. I think that's the thing. I think, you, I think most people read that article. For, come on. We were at Aziz's show. It was packed. He sold out the show, yeah. right? It, it was a sold out fact. We still yeah. love Aziz. We still support oh, Aziz. Yeah, yeah. I think there were people who read that article. And I thought when I read that article, um, I read it. And of course, you cringe. But then I thought to myself, right? I was like, okay, so even somebody like me and Knut, someone that I'm in a completely consensual relationship with, if you describe what a night out in the sexual experience looks like and you write that out on paper, oh, right? Man. Some, t- in a long-term relationship, how many times I've been turned down? you know what i mean so it's yeah. exactly right so so exactly so even if you write down some of the things that i do to you and how you say get out of here or, if you wrote yes. that in an article yeah. i will sound like the oh my god <laughs> you're very quiet <laughs> right oh so yeah. i thought about it yeah. and also if it was written from a person that was resentful resentful towards mm. you, right because so, then I'm, I'm writing it uh, anonymously to hurt you and get at you. Right, right. And that's the it's th- only one-sided. And that's the thing that I I felt, regardless of the side people take with it, that's the thing that I felt was unfair about it. Sexually, because in sex, whether you're a, any type of mammal or insect or something, everyone exhibits a different type of behavior. When cells sexually split, they exhibit a different type of behavior. Sex, by definition, is... Here's the person I am normally, but when I am in sexual reproduction mode, I am a different person. And then to even talk about a cat, right? Your sweet house pet. But if you wrote out what cats do sexually, it's terrible, right? So I thought it was a little off-putting that someone with resentment got to talk about this private experience. And I think most of the masses came out and said, hey, this is going on with the Me Too movement. This is... gray area right i don't think anyone said 100 percent he's harvey weinstein no no yeah. one thinks he should be in jail right for yeah. what he did definitely 
but I don't. But it's definitely career ending, and it was effective, right? And every time I see Aziz and I see he's a little broken and he's got a misstep to him. Yeah. I hope. I hope yeah. that you know the girl that he hurt feels. I don't know redemption or better or something because the truth is like I haven't done anything like he's done, but I've hurt people with words. Or in different ways, and it's like if someone were to write an article about, um, dude, if one of my old employees were to write things that right, there, I, I had a partner in my original business. I used to tell him, "Dude, you're fucking useless." Right? If somebody wrote an article about that, I would sound like fucking Steve Jobs, but he was useless, and I was right in the end. Right? When when it's when it's proven, I was actually correct. You know right? what's funny is the Michael Jordan is it, is it a Michael Jordan documentary or is it literally just about the Bulls? I think I, Michael I believe, Jordan. Is it? I thought it was about the Bulls, but it's yeah, I think it's Jordan. He, but everyone I, comes around right. from Jor- the Jordan era. Yeah. I see. Yeah, he. I think he put out a statement or something. It's like when you guys are going to watch this, you guys are going to think we're. I'm a terrible person. Michael Jordan said. I think so. Yeah, it's hey like you, you guys. You guys think you're you're going to think I'm a horrible person, and we're like, first of all, Michael, we already know. We already know you're. Now, second person. of all, it's like I, I get it, right? Like whenever you are trying to. Like in sports specifically, yeah. it's like such excellence and competitiveness that it's like it's you primal. need to be a little primal. Yeah. You need to be a little animalistic. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to watch it and be like, no, this is probably exactly what I expected. Like, Michael Jordan. Yeah, I don't expect Michael Jordan to be my, Mar- a Mary Poppins. So, right? But that's the thing, right? And that's kind of, I made that video the other day about uh, my clients and like navigating their home workouts is because, uh, especially for my female clients, I know I have this relationship with them and you kind of too, right? I know that when they go into the gym, they snap on their headphones and they turn on this second character, right? No one's looking. I can be strong. I can be powerful. I can be, uh, right? I can let out those primal things that yeah. you can let out only during uh, sports, lifting weights, exercising. You can lift out uh, during uh, drunk eating, I think, is one of the best. Nice. Release. It's a great release. Nice. Because right? you feel like argh, you feel like how you used to feel back in the day. The right? word that comes to mind is guttural. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, guttural. Right. You you are in tune with the sacral chakra. Yeah. Right. Sex, fight, food. Right. Yeah. Those bottom level things, and I feel like working out, especially for how conventionally how women are supposed to behave in society, they become somebody like my powerlifters, dude, my girl powerlifters. When, dude, and I'm speaking, I'm sorry, I'm speaking sex, I'm speaking biological sex, sexually. When they, be, they become something I've never seen. The, the grunts I hear, the noises yeah. I, and I'm like, but when you go home, your husband or kids, they expect a secondary character. So with these hmm. home workouts, I'm seeing a lot of these women, they have to do these workouts in front of their family. Right. Mm. So it's like mom is still mom, but she's like, okay, I'm going to take my hour and a half or two hours. And she's afraid to get in front of the family. It's like, but this is her time. She lets it out. We go to this gym. We went to this gym, Canute and I, and it's 100,000 square feet, and there's like two members in there. And (laughs) Canute was, she loved this gym. She was addicted to this gym. And one of the main reasons she liked it, she was like, I feel like just no one's watching. Right. For the male, when you go to the gym and you see guys lifting, it's just so obvious that a guy can grunt and oh yeah and, blah, 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 and do all that shit, right? A woman is a mammal too, right? Have you ever seen a woman give birth? Oh, right? It's a it's a very primal thing, and I feel like women don't get that release, and we need that release where people just explode. So I don't know, man. I just I just I just I just see that article 
Time Effect Disease, written in primal tongue. And when I read it in my uh, cross leg with my English cob pipe, I'm like, oh, this is disgusting behavior, right? Of course, because I'm not in the trench. I'm not yeah. thinking about the claw, is what she called it, Aww. right, at this moment. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel for him, but at the same time, when you're rich and famous, you... Uh, Have to be on your best behavior. At all times. At all times. Yeah. Yeah. You're on a pedestal, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, going back to what Ryan said about women working out, I think one of the one of the things that two of the things that are most liberating for women, I, I me personally, I think if you can lift weights and get yeah. physically strong, that's like, oh, it's like a As superpower. A As what a is woman, that? Because I hear super, women say that and I can't relate to it. Oh, it's crazy. And then the other thing is like financial freedom. Because then it's like, fuck you. I got yeah. this shit myself. Right. Who the fuck are you? That's right. So what that, man can say shit to you if you are physically strong yeah. and you're financially like, yeah, and who are you? Right, right. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's uh, all, But that's the thing, and I think society, it's scared, so, that scares society, right? It's like, let's say you're strong and let's say you have financial freedom, which I'll be honest, you do. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you date? Who can keep up with your shit? Who yeah, wants to hear your talk? Right. Yeah, I know. And this is for like I'm a male who I see what's going on in feminism and I don't know, I don't identify as a feminist because I know I'm not on the front lines and I'm yeah. not doing the act- active stuff. But I see what they're doing and I won't clip their wings and I'm just like, Okay, I support it fully. Let me just stay out of your way. I support your cause from my own right, but I can't be out there marching right? so I'm not gonna like a lot of men do that. Like, oh I'm a feminist like, then what are you doing? Right. And I'm saying this as a black person, knowing that people say, oh, yeah, but it's like, what are you doing to help that? Right. So I know I'm not doing the help, but God damn, let me not harm at right. the yeah. same right. time. Right. right. So let me say out the way, like, how do you even navigate that? I don't think so. I think some of it, like the same thing with the coronavirus, where it's like we can help by staying in our lane uh-huh. and keeping our distance and being safe is the same way you can help in this. Right. I don't need you to go march with me. Yeah. I don't go march. I don't go march. I don't go march for black people. But you support you support right? it. you support right you're not trying to clip and just my don't wings. hold me you're down. not trying to hold me down you wouldn't if you had a female employee you wouldn't hold her to a different standard than you would victor like you know what i mean you wouldn't pay her less than you would victor. Yeah. like that it's it, it's like you are an ally and that's it that's your job to be yeah. an ally in it um and that's your form of support so yeah i also think that um strong women i think there's two categories of who they date right like there's some strong women that get their rocks off by being strong and having someone, I don't want to use the word wimpier, but having someone that's clearly the number two the in number the relationship. Two, the beta. And they enjoy being the And they enjoy the it. And it seems yeah. like maybe the males enjoy that too. And they're just kind of like, yeah, Mr. Mom. And uh, that's mm-hmm. cool. But uh, And then I think there's the other women that are like, the Beyonces of the world. I, I, I would fall under this category, not because I'm Beyonce, <laughs> maybe, <I guess>. uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but where they're like, yeah, I'm strong as shit and I don't need you. Mm. So I will only partner up with someone that is e- equal or better than me. And it's like, okay, now, now. What man wants that? Nobody does. I know. No, you, it's not you that do. he does. That's it's because I'm hard. driven. I'm driven by a different motive, though. It's just hard, right? Because it's like I, I think we talked about it last time too. Everyone wants a strong woman until yeah, they're around until a strong they're woman. Around a strong woman. Huh. Shit is exhausting. You think it's exhausting? Yeah. You know how exhausting it's it is exhausting. to be it. To be it, it's crazy. Well, that's why I show her so much love, though, because it's like I know deep down everyone's just a little kid, 
right? I, I know I'm a strong person. Like, I know I'm a strong person. I've done all these things. But, like, deep down, I know there's just a little boy that if my mom says something to me, it can cut me deep, I you know? know. And, I, and it's like, I realize that every single human, President Trump, everyone, we still have that little kid in us. And it's like, you're big, you're bad, for sure. But everyone needs love. And I think that when I even when I met Canute, that was, like, one of the first things I realized. It's like, yeah, yeah, you got all those things. But, like... It's like the, <laughs> the saying, like, big girls need love, too, right? It's yeah. like everyone needs love. Like, everyone needs love, dude. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, but I think my northern star is respect with people, though. And that's kind of always been the thing that has appealed to me with people. It's like, are you doing, like, how are you closing the gap on that dissonance between who you say you are to the world, right, and who you actually are, which is kind of my pet peeve on, like, all these conspiracy theorists people, right? Because... If you really want to know something, I know people literally who are the leading researchers in their topic. If you really want to know, go out there and prove it. If you really think what you think is true, go out there and get the government will fund you. Universities will fund you. Like, go out. Go out. and I know people who start their own labs after they leave the university. Right. Like, if you really think what you feel is true, then go do it. As opposed to people who say, I saw this on Facebook I emotionally would feel better if I believed this were true. So I'm just going to share this article. I'm yeah. going to troll on every thread that I see with this um, in hope that the power of my opinion wills you into giving me power, right? Because it's not so much about they believe that what they feel is true. They just need to feel their ego and win a scrimmage, a scrimmage and they yeah. just need to win a fight right. more or less, right? So it's become, especially during this pandemic, um, if it were, if it, if it was one of the, my least, if the cynic was one of my least favorite type of people, um, the cynic has become a person that I can't even stand to, um, see, I don't even, it's just like you at large have no plans to help society. Yeah. You just want to win your little fight, win your little battle and if you are, so and that's the thing, right? I've been right. I've been, I've, I've seen things. And I've been saying, like, does anybody see this? Does anybody think? Like, I remember when I was in grad school, I would always say, like, I would I had so much beef towards uh, resumes. I was like, don't you guys see this? I don't want to do this. Don't, like, how can they know you? And like, how can? And I would argue up and down about wow. it. And then I and I literally was just like, I'll do something about it. I'll never make a resume and I'll do my own thing. Right. If you really are about what you say you're about, do it. I had friends. We went out with friends the other. Uh, I wouldn't say the others was forever ago when we still get together. Um and they were going on and on about the, the treasury, the Fed department, the U.S. this, capitalism, and all these things. And they were just so frustrated. And everything they said was correct. I agreed with everything they said. But I kept going back to, if you don't like it, then do something about it. Right? Yeah. This isn't Saudi Arabia. This isn't Iran. Like This isn't Russia. If you don't like it, do something about it. USA says, if you don't like something about it, you can maybe have 80 years of life. And you can dedicate your entire 80 years to change it if you really feel that passionate about it, right? And I think people are just overwhelmingly opinion, opinionated um, in their effort just doesn't just doesn't match it. And Facebook is an easy out to express, I don't know, pipe dreams of yeah. what you feel you would want the world to be. Everyone has a voice these days. And I think it also, um, how Ryan said he doesn't have... I forget what you, I literally forget what you just said, where it's like you don't even have the time or the space for them. Um, I think you have less patience now because you realize even seeing it, even seeing it or reading something or being around that energy, it takes away from 
it robs me. It robs you of mm-hmm. actually going and yeah. doing your thing. It's like three steps back and you're just like, ugh, all right, let me get over it and then I can yeah. get back to my back to my work. But that's the thing, right? And we saw this in the last election. When you roll your eyes a little too much, yeah, the Trump supporters start, right? And that's the thing that I find fascinating about our President Trump is that he kind of plays two sides. If When you listen to him, like I've, I've listened to him more than ever now that I need to kind of turn to our leader during all of this. And I listen to a lot of his press conferences. Um, and I'll be honest, I only really listened to his sound bites from rallies and things like that before. And I've listened to him at length. I've listened to him for, you know, an hour a day whenever I can watch his press conferences. President Trump says a lot of things that are conservatively true. But every now and then, he just does something to throw a bone to the extremist, right? And that's his yeah. kind of, that's his secret. It's that like 90% of what he says. Clickbait? It's yeah. click. Yeah. It's clickbait. <laughs> 90% of what President Trump says, like as an American, I hear it and I'm just like, mm, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that's the way to do it, but okay. Right? And then he'll say something like, they don't look as good as me. They don't do it as big as I do. <laughs> they don't do it as big as me. And, and that's just, all the media portrays. And, and that's all the media hears yeah. and portrays. And then that guy from West Virginia who's been wanting to say that is like, hell yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, and he identifies with him. And so, and that's, and that's the thing, right? It's like when you listen to him at length, I even listen to Mike Pence sometimes. And I'm just like, that's actually pretty good. Right. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. I don't completely agree with it. Same way I didn't completely agree with anything the Obama administration said completely. But I think the only president that I've ever heard and completely agreed with in my lifetime was Bill Clinton. I was like eight years old. Right? I didn't know any. <laughs> I didn't know any better. I was just like, yeah, it seems pretty good. I like Bill Clinton. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, we're in a weird place right now, man. And I really am happy that we're going through this um, with. I'm glad President Trump got tested in his first term. You know, I just wish that I, I and I just kind of hate that the timing is taken away yeah. from the election. Right. I know that's going to happen, but um, I don't know. I, I want to see how we come out of this and how he successfully takes credit that what the governors are doing, because the governors are doing fantastic work. Um, he'll take credit for it. Um, and I don't know. I don't hate the guy, but I the American in me. It's like I like him like I like the Italian mob. I'm just like Chappelle. Chappelle, like wanted he root, wanted to root for him he gave him a chance mm. you know like, he said now that he's elected let's give him a let's give yeah. him a shot he's in i think i gave him a shot but i think the only thing that i couldn't get over was um the feeding to the xenophobic um yeah anti-women racist stuff that's the one that's the one part because like, like forget the f- fact that yeah Grab him by the pussy is not presidential. Come on. It's not. not it's not. Prof- it's not anything. No, you know, I've like, never said that. I've literally. I've no never, guys. No one should ever be never saying say that. that. We've <laughs> never said that. Locker room talk. I've literally never. Dude, not even lo- the yeah. most a guy says is that I wish I could grab that butt or something. I wish it's a wish statement. <laughs> there isn't no definite statement. Yeah, just grab him by the. Yeah, you know, like there's no. <laughs> What? <laughs> and even if a, I heard that in the locker room, I'm like, shut the fuck up. No, you don't grab a button. Shut up. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. no guy talks like that. No locker room talk. The only thing going on in the locker room is 
60 plus year old men who just love to be well, naked in the fly. locker room. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I don't know why they love to be naked in there. <laughs> but I don't know, man. That's that. We'll let that we'll let we'll let that rest for another day. Yeah. So what's been on your mind this week? You asked me and him, but my mind has been heavy this week. Heavy. I realized this week and uh I realized this week that I'm poor. <laughs> poor in what uh, sense? Poor in uh level three. So I think when you talk about poorness in this country in America, level one is poverty line. Right? Okay. And if you can get above that you you're you can move into the middle class. Oh, we're talking about money. Oh, we're talking about okay. money. Right. We're talking about actual poor. Yeah. Right. You can move into middle class. So that's level one, right? Okay. And I think we focus especially like the left focuses on that, right? And I think they should people should get out of that. Level two is uh what i conquered and i falsely believed for my entire life up until a week ago um level two is i got a job blah blah, blah get a mortgage and all of these things are seen as successful right get a house get a mortgage afford your payment get a car live beyond live within your means um and all these things that were taught to be in the middle class and i was my parents i'm very proud of my parents i'm not trying to devalue or take away from my parents, but they came to this country and they taught me that, um, get an education, get a good job, you save your money, spend it on this, and you live very comfortably. And the truth is, in America, if in the middle class, you live more comfortably than statistically. If there's 330 million in America and 7 point something, really it's 90 eight percent of the world right you live better than most people in the world if you're in middle class america and so that kind of weird trick gets you you think i love my car i love my this i love my that and so knut and i have had some extra time this week um and so we sat down and we looked at everything we kind of like mapped out like our finances and stuff like that um and i'll be frank i have worked very hard to build this business i worked very hard to get above here Dude, I've worked very hard to make six figures. I've worked so hard, right? In my mind, I'm like, damn, I've thought, I thought like I arrived. I'm 32, I'm this. And like, I was actually feeling pretty confident that I've arrived and I've kind of more or less achieved the American dream. Which I think is still true. Which I think is still true. Okay. Right? To to not have a job, to own your own business, to make your own rules, to move on your own dime and things like that. I think that is still the American dream. So Knut and I sat down <laughs> this week. So like I told you, we walked around uh, Edison Park, looked at some neighborhoods. Yeah. We've been thinking about what we want to do future-wise, right? A part of us wants to um, maybe just buy a house. Should we invest in a property first? Those kind of options that I was telling you. Um, get some renters and things like that. Um, and all of this is, to me, new, right? Knut, to me, has shown me something that um, they see people do really well. They really somehow, they don't know shit about America. I remember my friend Isam, I remember he didn't, we were like 27 and he never had like frosted flakes, right? So it's like, if there's anything that Pakistani and Indian people do really well is that they don't know shit about America, but they know everything about American capitalism, right? So it's like, I always say, make all the jokes you want about the 7-Eleven guy. He owns that 7-Eleven. He owns that property, right? Make all the jokes you want, right? He owns a percentage of america and so i started thinking about just money and everything and then we laid it out 
um, then I've more or less kind of put off my student loans uh, in an attempt to build my life. Um, and so we finally were like, all right, this is this. My goal this year financially was obviously what I'm doing now with my business. And it was um, invest into more of my business. You're here and all this stuff. Uh, get health insurance, full coverage. I have that. Zero deductible, whole shit, right? Good health insurance. And figure out my student loans. And I'm in more and save money, right? And I'm in a position to do it. We laid it out. We laid out everything. We laid out a plan. And when you add up the math, I am worth negative. In fact, I have no money to my name. Well, I wonder what the average American then. The average. There we go. Fuck. Right. Yes. Dude, I let me be clear. I have been crushing it. Crushing. I mean, dude, I've been crushing it. And when you add it all up, I am still worth negative twenty thousand dollars or something. So this was when? When did we go over this? Was this on? I don't know. It's literally it has three days ago. It's been three days. Um, and we made the spreadsheet and stuff. And he's been like, ever since like I made the spreadsheet and I was like, okay, cool. There are the numbers now. I finally know too, and I can see. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I left and I was like, do 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 do. Made some progress. Now I have a sheet to look at. And, and then I paid up t- shit ton of money on student. Yeah, it's like ten grand on student. <laughs> <laughs> and then since, and then since then, oh, that was weird. Um, and then since then, he's been in such a interesting mood, almost like I showed him the Matrix or something. Yes. And every day I'm like, hey, what, what's up? What's going on? And he's like, did you know that? Blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I, I don't, I know, dude, I know. It's that thing I explained to you. Yeah, you want to just tell everyone dude yeah when i find out there's a new set of rules i'm obsessed right so i found out the other day that literally i thought about it i was like okay how do i have all of this stuff what's what's really going on here right and it's not conspiracy theorists weird but it's just like what is the reality of it right it's like okay i owe the government a shit ton of money for having two master's degrees in an undergraduate education right i pay my car is paid off I don't have a mortgage. I don't have any, I have nothing, right? All I have is a shit ton of money saved and a shit ton of student debt that outdoes everything I own. You can consider my car now, right? I'm talking about my cash assets versus my debt and my business income and everything. And it's just like, when you do the math, I come out negative. And it's just like, I was like, okay, so how do I get worth actually positive? Because let's say in the next two years, I'm still, I break even, right? I pay up those loans and I have some cash and stuff like that. Then what's the next thing I do? I buy a house. Then now I have this mortgage for $350,000 that for the next 30 years, I have to pay this debt for. And who owns that house? Not me. The bank owns that house, right? For 30 years, the bank owns that house. So my debt has now been increased to, you know, $450,000. And right. then let's say right. kids come and I got to get cars and stuff like this. It's like, when, if ever, do I truly not live in the illusion of living in the negative of net? Like, when? It doesn't matter how much money I have saved and all those things. Like, when do I ever truly say, I own this property and I have to give it to Canute. I know she doesn't like me talking about it. She Canute owns where she lives. It's a positive to her net worth. Canute has money saved. It's a positive. She has no car. It's a positive. She's been making all the right decisions since she's been 12 years old financially. Somehow she saw this at 12 years old and said, this is what I'm going to do. Right. And here I am 20 years later at 32 years old. And I'm just like, wait a minute. What? Like 
dude, I'm sitting here in these fucking nice Asics and Lululemon pants and shit and this <laughs> table and MacBook. And nigga, I got negative, right? Like, and so I've literally been looking at everybody in life. And it's like a Black Mirror episode. And I just keep looking and I'm like, what is the... What is the light up of your head? <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's like, who's who's green? Who has green plus one million? Who has green negative 200? And it's like, I keep looking at all these people. And it's like, the American life is a great life. It's a phenomenal life. It's a fantastic life. But if you really and truly look at what's going on, you don't. And you, you don't own what you think you own. The only way to truly own something is to not owe a bank money. Right. It's to not own state money. It's not own IRS money. And so I have seen kind of this weird light and everyone's probably hearing this. They're like, yeah, duh. And the truth is, I should be like, you should be comfortable with that. Then my debt's not scaring me. Right. I only have student loans. I I, I didn't go and spend on anything. I've been very responsible financially my whole life. But I think for me, it's like, so when then? So when in my American life will I ever say I own this, I have this, and I have plus net worth this. And it seems like you never do if you keep falling for the trap, right? I can go get approved for a mortgage today, and they'll probably be like, yeah, dude, go buy that fucking half a million dollar house. Go for it. Your income says you can do it. And then you're like, okay, thanks, bank. That's what you said, right? And it's like, I feel like my eyes just opened up, and I'm just like, okay, I'm not a cheap person. I'm not going to cheap up and not spend. I'm not going to do that. But I definitely have been obsessed every day with thinking so when you do get out of the hole is that the level three right is that when you leave middle class because the middle class is you can live a nice life financed by debt one thing that i I like really pride myself on in this business and my business before this is that i never leveraged debt or credit ever it was always, do I have to cash? You make that investment. You never owe anybody money. And that's how I've always operated my business, very cash positive. And every person in the middle class, for the most part, is living within their means by definition. But we all have, we're negative. We all have debt, right? We're Or, or if you don't have debt, you're paying rent, right? Like, I didn't realize these simple things about paying rent. Like, so even in this place I'm in here, or let's say you pay rent. Let's say you have cheap rent. Let's say you have $1,000 a month. And let's say you live in that place for three years. That's $36,000 over three years just to live that you could have put on a down payment to start building equity and own something. And it's like, well, how can I ever save if I have nowhere to go and save it? Where do I go to my parents? Like, what do I, right? And it's just like, no one taught me these things. Not because they didn't love me, but they just didn't fucking know, right? They yeah. just came to this country and they didn't know. They did their best. So I feel like when I was talking in the first podcast about knowing the rule book, and it's like I heard something and I understood it thoroughly. And once I see it, I cannot unsee it. And I am raging with, I don't even want to say inspiration. I am raging with purpose to be like, I won't die to this game. I re use to die so now i have this weird motivation and inspiration for the next who knows third of my life to make sure that at least by by time i'm 60 i can say i'm worth plus one right i just don't want to be worth negative like i am now right and i'm doing fine i'm doing great for all relative purposes but 
what upsets me is that how bad it must be for the average person my age without them even knowing yeah so without i think them even knowing i, I think that's the thing you got right? the bmw for 50k yeah got the house for 370 right got the kids in school got paying rent on the storage facility because you got to and it's like you have no money you no. have no money you yeah have no money. I, I have to say so ryan's been super matrixy about it because he's just like i think when you see the numbers it's like here's the when data you see it it's someone who holds it, it in front of your face when you see them that's why i love spreadsheets so much um and you it's like it forces you to look at the truth right someone's just like Absolutely. look at it just look at it what you look at it what you look at it just look at it um anyways but i i keep saying i whenever like he, he keeps bringing it up again it's been like three days four days straight and he keeps bringing it up and i'm like and i'm like okay this is new to him that's why he keeps bringing it up and i'm like okay so tell me how you actually feel about it and i like i'm, I'm trying to tell him you have to keep in mind the average public the general public and the average joe like what you said relatively speaking yeah. i'm like People are not in the kind of position that you think they're in at all, right? Because yeah. if, if he's saying that. So what are they doing then? Yes. Why does but, anyone who's not cash positive 100 grand have a Mercedes Benz? What are you, what are, and so it, it makes me, it's matrixy, right? It makes me question society at large, not in a freaked out way, but also like, oh, I was part of that. Like, dude, my pants that I have on right now cost me $85 for these joggers. And I have three of them, and I'm planning to buy more. <laughs> what is my cash negative punk ass doing? So one thing I love to say to him, it's like like recently I got actually I genuinely got upset because um, we have a bunch of corn tortillas at home, and we just ran out of flour. Like we just ran out of flour tortillas. You're, you're a flour guy. He's a flour oh, guy. He's a fucking flour guy. Man. Flour with gluten. Flour like fat ass flour flat fat ass flour tortillas and um so yeah ever with everything going on like i don't know i'm just like hey can we eat the stuff we have let's finish the corn but he's been such a baby about it that i'm like okay he's not loving his taco experience and usually it's like this our taco experience at home is like uh, it's insane it's like i I don't know it's like we're eating with bobby flay you know what i mean like it excites us that much very southwest and so anyways he's been like a little like he's like oh the tacos are okay and i'm like okay how could that be? So I'm like, all right, let me let me like let me go get flour tortillas. And I saw I saw some flour tortillas, and they were on. It was like in the clearance section. I was like, what? Like it's meant to be. And I sent him a picture. <laughs> I've laughed at this so many times. I took a picture and I sent it to him, and I sent him the price tag, and he's like, wow, look at God. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And then, um, but they're thinner than the usual flour tortillas he eats, and um, and he was a baby about it, and he was a baby, and I genuinely got upset. And I think one of my favorite things to do is like, if he has a complaint about something like that, it's like, you got flour tortilla money? And usually the answer is yes. Uh, and this is the first time where it's like... Mm. A 79 cents flour tortilla. Uh, the truth yeah. is it's no, right? It's yeah. like, do I, do I have 79 cents? Come on. Of course I have 79 cents. But when you really think about it in a deep way... Where should that 79 cents be Do going? you have 79 do cents? Do you have... Flower tortilla money in the sense of do you have a voice to give me your opinion about your uh, unhappiness with the flower tortillas I brought home? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And then and then and then to add to that, does my unhappiness with the quote flower tortillas unquote mean more to add to my pile of debt? Right? Does yeah. my opinion of flower tortillas outweigh adding to my debt pile? Can I right. tell you something? The answer is still yes. The answer is yes. still yes. Right. And that's the trick about America, right? Is that like you can't let the debt cripple you either. 
because right there's a national debt that's who knows what yeah. it is now i mean it probably was that's interesting 20- i mean during these times we should probably be throwing our money if we have money to the stocks and investing and things like that because not not on flower tortillas i just want to make sure it's not on flower tortillas. tortillas okay here's and so here's the thing right it's like i went on this rant and i was like well who's doing it and who's figuring it out and i thought about it and it's statistically not i'm not trying to use it as a pronoun or an object or, or an adjective if you look at statistically, who can get out of this game that I am describing? Statistically, only 1% of the population has gotten out. And I'm not calling them the 1% as a snobby pronoun. Literally, only 1% of the population has gotten out of this trap. Literally. And that's why we call them the 1%, right? It's like, so I always think to myself, okay, well, at least I can become the 2%. You know, like, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking that. So, I don't want anything. I don't want uh, a yacht. I don't want stuff. I don't want anything. I just want good people. I want that. I want this. Like right now, right between you guys. Like, come on, this is love. I got my people. We got some few. I'm good. I don't need anything. But at the same time, I don't want anyone knocking on my door in this office that I rent, saying like, "Hey, we want to move you." I I want to have financial freedom to be able to express myself in my studio and my office on your own terms on my own terms and while my own terms aren't very egotistical right i just want to create art the way i want to create it it's like if i'm painting on a canvas and then i realize every time i make a picasso picasso (laughs) wow tell me more about barrett's popcorn (laughs) (laughs) and every time i make a picasso i have to i have to realize heartbreakingly this canvas was never mine. In fact, the painting was never mine to begin with. And it's heartbreaking on a, not on a, a topical level, but on a psychological level, it makes me realize on it was never mine. And I gave my heart to it, right? It's the same equivalent to me as giving your heart to someone and they never really loved you back, right? It's an unrequited love. And I feel that for someone who loves business, I'm starting to feel that same unrequited love like, I've given my life to you. I have given my life to my business and to my money, and I don't have you. I don't own you. I don't own you. No, I've never you did it had for the love you. of the process. I did it for the love of the process, but what's I had built no equity, right? And so I'm not okay. So I think you, Victor, you're such a hippie. I know. <laughs> I'm such know. a hippie. You're like, ah, it's but e- the but art. I think it's easier for me to say that because I don't have anything to lose, right? You know, you know, it's like I haven't built anything. I so. I think you're in a dangerous position if I'm being completely honest. Do you or do you not eat flour tortillas? (laughs) I go both ways. (laughs) So I think you're in a position that's a dangerous one. Not dangerous. I shouldn't say that. You have talent. You were excited last time. You're like one foot in, one foot out kind of thing. What do you mean? Well, you're like, I, I, I have this stability right now, but with the time to explore. Me? No, me. That's what you said about me. Oh, it's still there. I actually do agree. I, I think you're in a great position. You're in a great position right Dude, now. You're in a you're in the best position right now. I think, as far as where you like are, like being excited and things being like excited. that. Right. And, and I, what a great time to explore too. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. and I think you're the type who will re- remain excited. But I'll be honest. And here's I think kind of the problem with you. And I don't want to say a problem. Here's the thing that you have, and it's the same thing I have. When I first hired you on. And what you started doing for me became a paid position. You were like, I'm getting a new camera. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so the thing for you is the same thing for me. 
my art, my feeling, my love for what I do needs money, right? Money will feed the art. I don't need the money. I just need the art. I need the love. I need the thing. And so it's like, you'll get to a point where you'll be like, I want more canvases, right? And it's like, you own this camera. I'll give it to you. It's like, I need more. (laughs) (laughs) Not for a few years. (laughs) Right. Well, that's I like f- that you took out a, lo- a mortgage for your <laughs> that, fucking well, camera. So, 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 so he has uh, a Mark A. This is a Mark A. Seven. A. Seven three. A. Oh, Pardon us. Pardon us. Click the fucking Pardon like button. Us. Click the fucking. If only button. we had affiliate links, but uh, oh we don't. We don't know God. Links. Yeah. So, if any of you watch YouTubers, Zach Kravitz, he's my favorite YouTuber. Uh, anyone who knows about cameras and the YouTube culture, <laughs> this is the this is this is notorious big of rap this camera you hear it (laughs) all right it's not your fucking digital camera oh three shit you know he has the top dog so he has the same thing i have is that when you want to create you're like i want to create at the highest level give me the cash to do it and cash is not a come from a place of greed or a place of ego I just need the best canvas. That's all I'm asking for, right? You just wanted the best canvas. And so, like I said, you're in the best place and you haven't hit that wall yet where before you say something like, okay, I need $30,000 for this, right? And when that that shit comes, right? Like, Knut has, I think about this all the time. I don't think I've ever really talked to her about it. She has a boot camp class that she runs um, and she has a equipment closet there. I always think... What is that closet worth financially? Right? Oh. I don't think you ever really think about that that much. Elaborate on what you mean. So she runs a boot camp and it's a private boot camp, women only. And it's a lot of hijabis who work out there and they can be comfortable, close the door, take their hijabi off, work out, sweat and feel comfortable. Um, so obviously, Knut has a closet where there's equipment, um, BOSU balls, medicine balls, bands, bars, and she brings them into cl- the private class. So basically, I rent I rent a uh, space for a class right. in a private school, and then on top of it, I was like, "Hey, can I rent this closet space? Get my own key for it? Blah blah blah, yeah. and then invest into equipment to make the actual class better." Um, I have to say, there was a moment where I was so anxious to make the class better and right. more challenging and add more variety that there is that I'll ah, just put it on a credit right. card. Let me buy it. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And like, and then it's like you're like, okay, should I prepare for like? 20 people in a class 30 people in a class and it's like all right here i'll give you the dollar whatever who cares and so that's the thing right when we talk about earlier when we t- hit on passion whatever that thing is that thing that makes you that thing that makes you jumpy it's like oh, i want to do it i want to do it i want to do it i want to it's like whatever that passion thing that yell it's like it yells it's like give me the a73 give me the closet full of equipment right and it's like to the creator there's no denying the canvas you need to paint on right like if the if you told and I'm using, let's say, Degas, that if you want to paint again, then probably canvases are pretty expensive. This canvas is going to cost you $500. He would figure out a way to get it, right? If you told the photographer this is going to cost you, who knows that's how much that camera costs, $2,800. Yeah, I'm, I'm way off. $4,000. $4, no, it's $3,500. It, total is over 4K. Total. Oh, all this. God. All this. 
all this is over 4K. And by over 4K, I mean 16,000. But but yeah. and this is this but, is without but, one lens. There's another right? lens. There's, there's another a, lens, there's right? Another lens if you guys can see right? this on the camera. This is a, Can we get a Sony sponsorship? Is that an option? <laughs> no. But 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 then again at the same time, right? This is the stuff he's made on this, right? It's not been much. You sh you shot out a wedding a little bit, did some stuff for Justin Doggett, did some stuff with me. And you're still but see, and all this, all this is like learning processes to where when we can be out in public again, I'm gonna start executing like little creative quick, projects. Dude, you're like, gonna run, you're gonna explode. It's gonna explode, dude. It's gonna be so good. And that's what I'm saying. You're in the best phase of it right now. And then I think there's this weird thing that happens where you start, you make the investment, and then you're like, hey, I am now the, and I'm just saying something. I am now the best, one of the top ten creators in the city of Chicago and then you do that and then you do that for 10 years and then you're like that's awesome I won the game and then one day your fucking girlfriend types some numbers out on paper and you're like what what do you mean I'm not I don't have any net worth <laughs> it's like how how well, how yeah right like dude if like my income I'm literally like two percent in Chicago I make it's like how it's like how? I'm sure you're a guy that always welcomes how. an opportunity to be humble I know though. how Dude, I... Here, here's why I'm actually not worried about his matrix phase right phase right now uh, for two reasons. One, because one of the things that he uh, mentioned, I was like, what bothers you about this the most? What 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 makes you most uncomfortable about these new facts that you already know, but you didn't face? Right. Um, and I think he was That's talking about... That's an important part that I didn't face. Yeah, that I, you didn't I face. I was ignorantly... You were like, it exists. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're like, it exists, I know, but ugh, right. I'm not looking at it. I'm not Absolutely. looking at the percentages and stuff. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that was important for me was the fact that he talked about... He was like, well, he's like... He's like, but if I die, and if I die with negative, then what goes to my kids and dot, 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 dot. Legacy. Then, yes. So then we talked about like how minorities get permanently stuck Absolutely. in this trap, right? And mm. they never actually get ahead. And I was like, that's why what we do is important. Because it's it's to make not just us, me better. Like, I'm not even going to benefit from the money I make the most, right? My kids probably will. We'll and and then their the community most. will. And, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like yeah. I, know, I work with so many people that literally have donated so much more than I'll probably ever make to their community, right? Uh, just their community. That's how you make it. Dude, impact. we went that's to a cool. gala one time. Uh, Shout out Aisha Emmett. She's not watching this because yeah, she's she's, she's busy. She's busy working. And the gala was <laughs> like, from the Urban um, Minority Muslim Alliance. Yeah. Um, and so there's just a lot of Muslim Desi people show black and a lot of people, not a lot and of a lot of not. Right? Okay. Right. Um, just a lot of Muslims from the area. And so they came and they it was a gala and you just donate and they give you a number when you walk in to do stuff. Um, and then they started the donation process. I've never been to one of these. Yeah. Right? I'm middle class and this was my first dipping in the toe of what people with I have disposable income. I don't have like donatable income. <laughs> donatable income. <laughs> right? Dog. These fools when they started when they started on appetizers, they were like, "We need uh 10 packages of $500." I was like, "The first one?" <laughs> yeah, that's the one that you just fill out on that's a card. That's like you just yeah. you don't even raise your hand. You just fill it out on a card, right? Yeah. And it's like, dude, it got to the point where you ramp up Obviously, the donations donation started to get to 1,000, 2,000, 10,000. It started to get into that. Dog, when I tell you, when they got to the grand finale, it got to a house. <laughs> We're trying to donate yeah. five houses yeah. in this community. Who wants to buy a house for yeah. this family? Holy shit. Dog. Like, 
<laughs> you, know, you? you know what's funny side note he tell who oh, he took that was his first guy i'm really excited he went with me i because i've gone i'm poor i've <laughs> i've gone <laughs> i've gone by myself with people i mean there's lots of people there i know but i've gone by myself um probably uh the last three, three years. years in a row and then this was our first time going together which i was super stoked about and he told this story about uh he told the story to his mom and she was like well you better get give me some of that money and i'm like okay <laughs> that's not really you didn't really get it but yeah. something that honestly stuck out and i reminded him of it i'm like yeah so what you're feeling right now via your ma- current matrix is what these people have already felt and at some point realize and yeah. then they're like no 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 we need to we help, need to help. Right. right and one I, back in i think was it grad school what professor was that that it said was in that. grad school what was his name i don't know yes you do was it, it wasn't was it? no it was a guy who i had nothing to do with did he come and speak at he the? Came and speak, he came and right. he I came did, and spoke. I had so nothing to do with him. it was grad school i came i think it was i was in the marketing school. honors yeah. society yeah, and I came and I they like gave a 3.5 or something. they gave little certificates and whatever. And the guy said something along the lines of the first third of it's an exciting phase of your life, blah blah. First third of your life you spend learning, learning. Second third of your life you spend uh, making money, working, working, money. working, and making money. And then third third of your life you spend you spend giving your money away. Away, yeah. And I was and at the time, me we were both like. <laughs> giving what money away right, i was in college but it's true it. though it's, it's true, true it's though right true. it's it's yeah. not even giving money away it's like okay i have this money now where do i leverage it to support and help the communities the ideology whatever i believe in right like where right. where does the world need true help um so it's it's kind of cool um but yeah so i'm also i'm also very not worried about his current situation because it's like when ryan and he touched he Mentioned this is his first podcast. When he gets something, and I know this better than anybody actually knows this about Ryan. When he gets something, he fucking gets something because it's, it's like he might be he might be so behind, um, and like the starting line might be here and he might be back here. But when he learns, well, like if he heard the gunshot now, he'd be like, "What?" And he'd be like, Zoom! "Because like, I think when you're late past. and when you're left out, there is an element of disappointment in being upset." that accelerates you beyond what someone who got it right away can understand, right? I think people who say, who can understand, like, here's the right thing to do, here are the rules, go. I think they just kind of take a nice pace and start jogging. And I think someone like me, who is 12 years late when they hear the gun go off, they're like, wait, what? What was the rules? I am going to somehow figure out how to sprint, get that blood doping that Lance Armstrong got and figure that shit out. And like, I'm going to come back from cancer and win the Tour de France eight times, right? Like, I'm going to try to figure it out. It's like, once I want to really do something, um, I'll tear it up. And I think that's really, honestly, that's a real testament to why I even have this podcast and why people are losing this because, because that's what I did with fitness, right? I could not figure out how to be an athlete with track. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get it down. But I got it down late after I was already out of college. I don't actually think a lot of people know that story about you. Really, they don't, they don't, they have no clue. Well, it was pretty straightforward, right? So it was. I don't think it was that straightforward. It was straightforward. I think a lot of athletes who can relate to some can, some can't. So I went uh, in high school. I was really good. I was a long jumper, triple jumper. My brother is to this day still a triple jumper. Um, And I 
kind of showed him when he came in a, when he was in middle school and obviously it's took taking him to the Olympics, right? So I was that good. Right? I was that good to be on that track. You and both of your brothers. Me and my brother, right, both of my brothers. We were that good, right? So um I was that good in high school. I was that good early. I was always very good and then when I went to school um I was still a good athlete, but I couldn't figure out why I needed to wake up at 5:30 a.m. to lift and then I needed to go to, and then why, why did my first class need to be at 8 a.m.? Then why did I have to go to lunch? And why did I have to go back to class? And why did I have to go to study hall? And then why did I have to go back to practice at 4 o'clock? Right? I didn't, they just told me do it. This is what you do. And they just place you. In fact, I never remember even picking any of my classes. I don't remember picking any of my tutors. I don't remember any of it. It just happened. They just placed you. And they said, this is what you do. We're setting you up for success. And when I look back, they were. Yeah, but go. Mm. I can't execute anything. I don't understand. I don't understand. Some people are really good at going through the motions. Some yeah. people are really good at following the rule book or following a recipe. I'm not good at all. I got to dance from my soul when I do it. Right. Yeah. It's like when the music comes on. Don't tell me. Don't give me choreography. I got to understand the beat. He doesn't want to do the cha cha slide. I got right. I got to understand that beat myself, and I got to say this is my shit. And like, and once I do it, I'll be James Brown, right? I'll be better than anybody who, who does it. And that's always been my thing. So, that's always been your thing. It's a it's a reoccurring theme in in your life. It's a re- so much so that like when I said like him and his brothers, it's like all three of you had scholarships, yeah. athletic scholarships. And to I was go to the school. only one who didn't finish through and, through with my scholarship. And you only, you didn't get just one scholarship, right? Yeah, it's like you tried again, you, you tried, tried again, again and yeah. failed again. And I always say like I'm like yeah, when I met Ryan, it's like. College dropout starting again, starting right? For the like, fifth time, yeah. God, how old were we? 22, 23, and you're just like starting again. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, now he's got more education than you and both your brothers Once and me. I figured like, it you know out. what I mean? Like, Once I figured it out. Yeah. So that's why I'm not, I'm not worried. Um, I know I've, I've seen it myself so many times, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's been an interesting week for him. I'm glad for me. I'm like, yeah, this is progress. It's gonna last more than a week. Oh, yeah. This oh, whole yeah that realization yeah. thing and it's like all i did was go get an education mm-hmm. i didn't gamble right i didn't right. i never went on a spring break put on a credit card w- never. was it for was it putting it um off this far long or i think so it was just that right? i think so long. i think he and he said um a while back what Indian and Pakistani people are really good at in this country is kind of figuring it out and learning to get ahead. I don't even think it's that they figure out the rules. I think they just understand numbers. Like that's uh, my thing too. I love They're very the, left brain. I love numbers. To me, yeah. numbers are the truth. What are the numbers? Like it's the yeah. truth. And I think for him, it's like even if he knew the numbers existed here and the percentages existed here and he was like, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'm building a business. I'm building this. I'm bu-, Which he was. I think the fact that he just didn't know or didn't he didn't face it. He yeah. just didn't face See, what like the what, numbers do over yeah. the course of seven years. What right? would you have had to do you know to pay those loans off anyway? Well, here's the thing, right? All right. I'll and I'll answer that question. Have you ever played an instrument? Violin. Violin. So you understand how to play violin, you play it, and then you also understand music theory. You understand notes, treble clef, bass clef, half steps, you understand music theory, right? Like I feel like my talent, when I try things, when I apply things, I try my best to be Miles Davis. I try to play jazz. If you were to try to describe to me jazz without hearing it, but if you tried to describe it in notes, 
in music theory. And, well, this is a half step, but you got to wait there because that's jazz. You know, just wait. And we'll do it on this, right? For me, it's just like I have to lock something in. I have to understand something. And where I execute from is my intuition, right? I'm the intuitive type. So if you just tell me something and tell me the rules and I'm just like, okay, I get it, but I ain't, I don't feel it, right? That's like if somebody said, okay, we're about to uh, put you in a church and then we've been listening to this Aretha Franklin gospel album from the 70s a lot lately. And, uh, you know, just every four beats when you hear the drum, clap your hands. And then every fourth uh, measure, you know, put your hands up. And it's like, I, right? it's like that's what it feels like to me. It yeah. doesn't feel like I'm doing it. It feels robotic. It feels robotic. And when something feels robotic, I am terrible at being robotic, right? Like... I had a, the guy who was in this office yesterday. I went downstairs to go see him, and he's he does CAD, and that whole thing is an engineer. Um, and he's downstairs in his little box, and he's just got it's a mess, right? It's just like in my mind, I was like, I visually can't even be in peace here. Why is there garbage right there? Why is your desk not facing that way? Why is your back facing the sun? Why don't you want to look out? To, like I have so many things that are feng shui internally. I have to, that are just naturally need to feel right for me to groove right it'd be like when you go out if you were to go for a night of dancing you want to put on them shoes you want to get your hair right you want to feel and you got to feel like you're in a certain rhythm and then you hit that spot maybe have two drinks or something and then you're ready to me it felt like someone just woke me up out of bed and put me in a disco and they're like do this dance and it's just like well yeah i guess i'm dancing i guess right it's like i need to feel like I want to passionately do it and passionately be there. And I think for me, it kind of speaks to one thing that it's simple. I have a extremely slow learning curve to master, right? Some people, they can hear things once and their learning curve fascinates me, how fast they can do it, how fast they can get up to it. Um, I've realized that I'm much more conservative than I realize. I've always thought I was very liberal, but the truth is like, I just, just, just started literally just started embracing using uh instagram highlight stories those came out yeah forever really? yeah hmm. right i just embraced podcasting right it's like yeah. i'm very slow to get into things right like yeah. i'm not i wish i could say i was an innovator on the forefront i'm not that at all not with anything not with mm-hmm. anything i'm not that at all except for cooking stir fry noodles at night yeah. <laughs> and what did i make this morning waffies chocolate waffles that were swirled vanilla, with vanilla. Swirled oh my oh. thank you good for you thank oh. you okay. strawberries whipped cream okay whole shit. <laughs> okay i mean i cut the strawberries but all right okay yeah. anyways the eggs, but okay. that's just always been my thing and i've been very uh i can't fit on a track right when kids yeah. are ready to go on to the third grade i mean i did what i was supposed to do but i didn't really get it right and you get left behind and i've always been that kid i've always been that kid that just as i'm on a slow learning curve but once I can get it, I'll probably be world champion once I can get so, it. So that is interesting, right? Because that's the thing. It's, it, with you versus most people, it's like when most people get behind, it's like they'll never catch up again. Yeah. Like once you fall behind, it's so hard to catch up. And I always say this. I'm like, dude, if I dropped out, of, if I basically dropped out or if I got kicked out, whatever, of college twice, if I lost my right. scholarship, I'd throw in the towel on college. I just would be like, fuck. College isn't for me. I can't, it wouldn't even be, it isn't That for was me. suggested to me. It would, it would literally be like, I am just, I'm not going to start this shit over. Like, I'm just not going to start over. Because now it's like, it's just 
making you fo- it feels like you're just you falling behind even more i would say this and I, I think this has been the one savior for me my entire life and it's the same thing that i feel this week anger anger has been my saving grace right because it's like when i feel anger i don't lash out and you know try to show people how angry i am i feel that anger and i'm just like i refuse to die watch like i'll show you and it's like anyone who has tried to kill me anyone who thinks they can extinguish me i have something in me i don't know if it's genetic um it makes great athletes right it's what we call kobe mamba mode i refuse i flatly refuse i i can't say it enough times how much i refuse for a person to take me out i refuse to die right it's like it's a character that comes out that i didn't want to be right and that goes back to the thing i said earlier about that fuck you thing right it's like if you push me and keep pushing me and you give me enough res- and keep giving me resistance and you push me my back against the wall and you keep pushing me i'll take a, b- a bit of it but eventually at some point my brain will switch and say fight or flight and i've never chosen flight and when it, when i boil down to it i whatever is in me i can't flight i have to rage my way up out of it right so that's why with this whole covid thing going on i'm fucking thriving i'm good at i'm good at not dying i'm skilled at it i come from a lineage of it from the slave ship in south america to the dirt poor that my mother just was one gener not even a generation ago so that thing is fresh in me right and that's kind of the appeal that i think i have with canute um and even like you like dude you didn't have to start up your podcast you didn't have to do right it's like the fact that you were just like the fact that you had facilities that you use for one thing and you were just like "Eh." (laughs) you're right it was originally my like my apartment that's right right it's in my trunk right i'm not gonna take it anyway you weren't supposed to do that right and the thing is you actually did follow all the rules right like you weren't like ryan you followed the rules kind of he did the thing's the thing he did and then he recently was just like let me just like yeah. I felt like his I felt like your rebellion came out like like it's like it was very it was very airtight still but there was a little hole in the system like your rebellion came out like just What's a, a trumpet with a thing on it what is, a what is that trumpet called? with a mute in it yeah, my shit comes out like a tuba it's like <laughs> a fucking foghorn and and it just comes and it's like holy shit this guy's amazing it's like a 12 year sabbatical sure (laughs) well amazing eventually right and that's the thing everyone pushes back in their own way right yours came out very lightly and i think that's the thing i saw on you i'm like oh this guy's dead serious about not doing that forever right you don't exhibit it with the intensity that i do and the words that i use but you do it in your own way you do it in your consistency right you do it in how your guests sit with you on your podcast you do it in reaching out saying fuck it you got nothing to lose right a per- like nothing's worse than a person who has nothing to lose and doesn't realize they have nothing to lose mm. that's a calm you're dead you're wasting yeah you're wasting it that's yeah. the best thing i got nothing to lose fuck fuck it like mike tyson had nothing to lose when he was 19 right and then he go for it man knock him out so yeah man i just i just i just feel like we're in this place where uh we're young and we have youth and we have health and if you can get out of that hole, get out of that hole. And then I think that I thought that I got out of my hole, but I was just in a sub hole of a greater hole. And that's, <laughs> and that's what I realized, right? It's like, 
I finally figured out how to build a spaceship to leave planet Earth, and now I have to figure out how to leave the solar system. I think it's one thing to to acknowledge where you're at, um, but I don't think it's going to stop you from continuing to invest in your in your business like oh, you have no. been. No, it's not. My only like... my my only way forward is hand in hand, right? Like I cannot like I got very far off the Ryan Doris show sprint and all the stuff I talk stuff on, but the only way for me to get Saturn V into Saturn's orbit is to hold hands with a hundred engineers and to go slowly and to get there together. And everyone has to be on that same mission together. Right. I, I can't, I can't breathe out of space on my own. Right. I realize how deep out there I am and I need people who want that same mission as me. Right. It's like, I, I, I realize more than anything. And like, that's what I always say about canoe people like you. It's like, I don't like everything about canoe or you, but the basis is respect. The base yeah. is respect. It's yeah. like, and it's like that's I, how. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You, that's how you hire. You hire based off values, but you actually should be looking for, you know, how they they actually do technical processes differently from you. Absolutely, they have a slight, like a Absolutely. different outlook on Absolutely. things than you, and that that you, it makes you well, well yeah. rounded. You know, but you should inherently share. You should share inherent values for sure. I think so because you're going to be spending a lot of time with this person. And I think that's all that matters, right? I think that's all that matters. I think at the end of the day, it's like I'm spending my life. I can't forget that because people do get into I was looking at jobs the other day um, just doing like what's the word I'm looking for like uh, worst case scenario thoughts like although like like even on that board right? I don't want to call it out but like all of those people on that board that's business that I've lost or had to change so as you see it's not a ton um, during this whole COVID thing um, but everyone who I kind of lost was like not really right yeah exactly so um i look at that i'm just like well uh i'm fine i'll make it through the end of this but at the same time i still like to think what if everyone left what would i do like i look mm-hmm. up, i've been looking up jobs and just seeing what it would be like and it's kind of nice to fantasize about it too because i've never had a job <laughs> before what would you do i looked up can, can we end on this yeah can this be the ending yeah okay let's so i looked up um jobs at lifetime fitness hammer strength that's like one company wow really as yeah a tr- what, as a sales rep or trainer just or? as a job what jobs are open mm-hmm. and the only jobs open are non-office jobs software this and things like mm-hmm. that and things like that so i think my conclusion from this is basically just like um i think that if i ever had to go and get a job i would go go to the interview process i'd be excited because it's a novel experience but at the end of the day I would be like, why am I spending time on this when I can just work double the hours on my current business and try to stay above water, right? So every time I even dive into that reality, I think like, just work double here. What are you doing? That's And that kind of relates to you renting from someone instead of owning. 100%. <laughs> if, yours fell apart, if, if all of your work fell apart right now, what do you think you would do as your backup? Or what do you think you'd start looking into? Uh, to, to keep me afloat, probably Uber driver. Really? Wow. That's such a you conservative. Would do well there. That's such a conservative thought. You like I've I've thought about it too. Like I'm not making any money from this yet. I do, I I well, and, and while while Uber, but, you're, while but Uber, you're still working, right? You're still working. While Uber driver uh, driving around, keep learning these skills to hone the creative stuff and then, you you're know, right. I'm I'm grateful that I have a a history with podcast guests who could use creative stuff and yeah. things like that, but Yeah. But I'm honing these things right now. So like I'm not I don't think I'm good enough to get like these enough to keep me afloat to, to take over my income from my two stable jobs yeah 
Just wait. Do you know? Do you know what my mine is? I've actually thought about yeah. it. Like, and I've mentioned what it to it? him. What? I've, 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 like, I keep saying, I'm like, man, work is slow, right? Like, slower than usual, just because by default everything's closed. You can't see anybody. I can't see anybody. Um, and my my business is to see people. Um, I was like, well, I keep telling him, I'm like, I gotta start selling bread online, <laughs> and like, that's actually my legit thought, right? Like getting like a low carb bread that people want can't to buy access. but can't access in certain parts of the world or they don't want to go to the grocery store so they'll buy it on ebay um, and the only reason i say that is because i've sold bread online just for the fun <laughs> just yeah, for the fuck of it yeah, before yeah, yeah. and now i'm like hmm, that would be a great time to do that so yeah i've sold fucking cereal online right like ju- or, and literally just yeah. for shits and giggles yeah. right just to be like yeah. can i do this let me just see gary v's been doing the the tea time and like his one of his last guests arbitrage just uh, free weights. Someone was willing oh my to God. pay. Forget uh, about like, it. Like, let's say, how much are we willing to pay? Hundred bucks for two forty-five pound dumbbells. And he's like, okay, let me, let me, let me look around. He went to hotels. He went to gyms. That's he finally scored some. They're like hundred, uh, hundred ten dollars. And he's like, he went back to the buyer. He's like, would you pay one hundred twenty? And he's like, yeah. yeah. So he made ten bucks off this arbitrage right. just now. You know, and uh, smart. although it's like weights you know, are very pricey right now. It's yeah. nothing, but it adds up, right? And that's weights the thing are two dollars like, and like fifty cents a pound right now. Well, yeah, it's it's nothing. It, it's that ten dollars doesn't seem like much, but over a lifetime that really adds up, right? And it's like even if you sell, I don't know, for let's say you sell uh, four loaves of bread, it's like okay, but did that pay for your groceries for half a month? Yeah. Even if it's twenty bucks, thirty yeah, bucks, yeah. that's like why not, right? Like, like what, what why about- not? And you know, especially when you have to buy flour fucking tortillas, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all right, we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> all right. Send us in your votes whether you eat corn or flour tortillas. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the episode. Thank you, Knut, for coming on with me today. Thank you, Victor. Um, we're going to try, like I said, during this it's a crazy period right now, I'm going to try to keep content coming steady as long as we keep ourselves safe and um, keep doing our best to keep you guys entertained. So thank you to anybody who made it to the end of this. Till next time, guys. Thank you. <laughs>